0: To find our home in God. How y'all doing, everyone? It's
1: good to have you on here. We are here for another episode of our Word on Wednesday. Before we start anything, let's start with prayer. Father, we thank you that we could fellowship as sons. Father, we thank you because we know where we are gathered. It is unto you with this gathering. We don't gather alone. We don't gather in our strength. We don't gather in our wisdom. We don't gather in our reality. We gather in the reality of Christ. We gather in the strength of grace. We gather in the wisdom of the fullness of the I am. We gather as sons before our father, enjoying the fullness of his being, comforted in the full comfort of God, strengthened in the reality of Christ. We are not subject to the realities of our world, but we are strengthened by the realities of Christ. We are comforted from everything, every place that we are going through. We find healing in the word. We are washed with the waters of the world, of the world. We are strengthened by the waters of the word. Father, we drink from your living waters, and our souls are comforted. Father, teach us in your word. Strengthen us in your word. Encourage us in your word. That our eyes may be opened. and we may behold you in the fullness of your glory. That we may behold you in the truth of your glory in us. And we may behold you in the excellence of your dignity. Thank you, Father, for everything that you are. We will not live here the same or live with the revelation of your word. Live with the strength of your grace. Live with everything that makes you you. In this gathering, be another experience of home for us. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Amen. How y'all doing? It's great to gather. It's great to fellowship together again. This last Saturday
1: was such a powerful experience. If you were not there, you missed. It was wonderful to see sons gather, sons fellowship, sons just. I think what struck Oyo and I the most is the love. I mean, we started that, we were sure we we're going to do it on Monday. And between Monday and Saturday, which was five, what, six, five days, five and a half, six days, getting that to everything that we saw. Getting the people, getting the music together, getting the musicians, getting the production together, everything, everyone and everything that went on behind the scenes in less than six days. All hands were on deck. Everyone, it took everyone. I think, I thank God that is continuing to raise this community as a family. But we can lean on each other, but we can speak into each other we can pray each other through. Everyone pitched in financially. Everyone pitched in mentally. Everyone pitched in emotionally. Everyone pitched in physically. In whatever alley that everyone could be there, they were. And they were there in the best that they could. If they could not give financial, they were there physical. If they could not give physical, they were there in prayer. If they could not give in prayer, they, whatever way that each person could give so that the love was felt by everyone, it was done. Times where Oyuni and I were so tired, people would hop on the call to pray. But at times where it, it just felt like it was not just us pouring out. It was us also being poured into. And when, when the event came together, it was not an event. It was not a religious experience. It was a fellowship of sons. It felt like home. So thank you all for continuing to foster an atmosphere of home where we could laugh. I mean, um, all we just kept seeing was one person hugging the other, everyone was hugging, everyone was laughing, everyone was loving on each other. And in the love, there was still order, there was still regard, there was still respect, there was still care. So we honored each other, but we still showed love. We honored each other without it becoming a religion, without honor becoming an idol. We showed the love of the Father to each other. I want to thank you all for continuing to do that. It makes being a pastor to you all, it makes being a servant of God to you all, because whether you are a pastor, or prophet, or apostle, whichever one you want to call yourself, you are, your assignment is to serve the body. You are you are, are giving that title to serve, so it makes serving you all easy. Thank you, thank you. It was it was really amazing, and I was blessed by the fellowship. I was blessed by the oneness. It was such an amazing experience. I hope it was the same for you all. I hope you all enjoyed. You all had a good time. And um, I know the videos on YouTube, the live video, um, probably work on it so that by this weekend we can have maybe the version of the ministration of the preaching. So we we'll just have that on. But And people who want to watch the whole service can do that also. Yeah, it was a great time. So about today. Today, we're talking about something different. Um, we started it, we touched on a bit on it on, on the Monday times, and I think we touched on a bit on it on Saturday, a couple of weeks ago, but we shifted from it a bit, and we're talking about, and we continue talking about home, home. That's what the past two weeks have been. We are going back to what we have been talking
0: about, which is the witness of the word, the witness of the word. I want to start by saying, The devil is not in competition with God.
1: The devil and God are not in competition. Ah, God gave the devil a blow. Boom! The devil came back, dodged, was coming, threw his own blow at God. That's not what happened. The devil and God are not in competition. There is no power tussle between the devil and God. God is all-powerful. But Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God. Wisdom and power came down. Wisdom and power became flesh. Wisdom and power of God dwelt among us. And for us who believe, the wisdom and power is now in us.
0: Yet, why do we feel powerless? Yet, why do
1: we feel weak? Yet, why do we feel less than? Yet, why do we always? Why do we live a world in, in the world where we feel not like ourselves? Sometimes it even begins to seem like the Christians are the laziest people, that they excuse every small thing, pray about it, like pray about it uh, is now the excuse to not do anything about it. Uh, they will hide with it, it. They will hide in Bible uh, in Bible words without actually standing in their position in places. So we have raised lazy Christians who are not willing to take their place in the world, who are not willing to be agents of changes in their space, who are willing to point fingers at anyone else, everyone else, but do something, or take out accountability in the situations that they are in. Christians are raised who are now the ones, meaning the most judgmental, who are now the ones blaming the government for their situation. Well, are the ones, they will tell you that they are working with the economy of heaven, but sit down in their house and do nothing to help their brother or sister. They have no acknowledgement for the reality. Because you are supposed to come into your divinity to help the reality of this world. Let me go back to where I was for very tough topic. Witness of the world. So if you are understanding that the devil and God not in a power tussle. Why does he feel? What does he feel like there's a power tussle? Why does he feel like it's a struggle? I mean, you have to work hard to get things from God. You have to pray hard to receive things from your father.
0: Why does he sometimes feel like that? The thing is, sorry, something seems like someone just entered my eyes. Yeah, okay. Why does it feel like that? The next is, what lie have you believed? What lie have you believed? What lie has been taught to you as a
1: doctrine? What lie have, ha, about God has defined your relationship with him? You see, the devil is not in a power competition with God because he can't compete in power. But what he can do is malign the character of God or malign your character. let me explain what that means he cannot compete with god so what he can do being as powerless as he is is to be a deceiver a father of lies giving people a semblance of truth to 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 chip away at the character of god in the mind of people oh he's a wicked father oh he's bipolar oh he's an idol that you you constantly have to give sacrifices to oh you, you are not welcome into his presence. Oh, he does not love you unless you do something. Oh, God God is, God is preventing you. Some way make it seem like there's a part of God. There's a, a, a space of God that is hidden from you. That intimacy with God is something you must earn that it cannot be given to you. That intimacy and love is not God's foundational why in relationship towards you. Because if you believe that lie, now there is a part of you that has to be going around in circles, walking on eggshells around your father. If you believe that lie, you will not believe that there's a good thing he's withholding from you. If you believe that lie, you will not believe that there's something that you must do to earn his presence. If you believe that lie, you believe that in everything that you do, you are going to
0: be judged and punished by him. You will live in fear of him, not in love with him. The second thing that he does is, is, is
1: malign your character, make you think, make you see the way he sees you, not how God sees you. The way he sees you, not how God sees you. Because if he can make you believe that the judgment he received by God is the same judgment you received. The judgment he received when, when we're talking about the king of Thyatira. I don't want to go into that today because it takes us away from the topic. All the judgment that they gave David that you are cast down. You have been cast down, O oh, son of the morning. You who was once in Eden. Every judgment that he received, if he can make you believe that you will receive the same judgment from your father. Not that Christ has received your judgment, that you received, that you have been cast down. Oh, so and there was a day of rising. There's a, there's a season of rising, a season of falling. You have been cast down. Oh, oh, son of the moon, that you were once great, that you have now been brought to the floor. Um, and all kings surround you to watch you, watch your falling. That's those are, that's his judgment. So you will not be living in fear of the day where you you'll be cast down, where shame will not befall you. Now people will see you fail. Ah, but you are in the image of God. God is more invested in your success. Invested in everything because let your light shine before all men that they may see you and give glory to your Father.
0: So the shining of a son is the glory of a Father. He gives you reasons to make you think of less than yourself.
1: So defamation it's his foundational welcome. Because where if he can bring if he can defame God's character to bring you into discontentment or defame your character to bring you into separation from God,
0: he has done well. So basically, it began to seem like God
1: was constantly put on the judgment seat of the heart of man on the judgment seat of the mind of man. So God's character was constantly in question from the Old Testament, especially when man sinned and had to live by the law and was subject to the judgment of the law. Mm -mm, Not the judgment of God. Sin became the Lord of man. And whoever your Lord is, you are subject to his judgment. Sin became the Lord of man. Because whoever you listen to outside God is your God. Whoever you listen to before God is your God. We'll get into scripturally. So since Adam and Eve chose to listen to the serpent, listen to their flesh, the serpent and flesh became lords over them. They accused him. He became the accuser. They listened to flesh. Flesh became their Lord. And flesh, who is their Lord, has a nature. Flesh, who is their Lord, has a name. His name is sin. Sin. And man became subject to sin. And sin had his own lawyer to accuse man. The accuser and the deceiver of the brethren named the devil. And he had his own jailer to separate man from God. His name is death. So, but the Son had to come. God had to become flesh. God, who, whose word, whose image, and whose nature was in question. The image of God had to come down. The word of God had to come down. The wisdom of God had to come down. So that it, he can become flesh. So that man may see him and see God. Man may so see him and know the word of God. Man may see him and know the nature of God. Man may see him and know the image of God so that everything that was in question about God was proven in the word coming down as a person Christ. So the word became a witness because even unto death he did not accuse instead he prayed for mercy, forgive them for they know what they do so that the word could become our advocate. Also the word shed blood so that his blood, since he's the word and he speaks, his blood also speaks, speaking better things than the blood of Abel. So that the testimony of the believer is in the excellence of the word.
0: The testimony of the believer is also in the eloquence of the word. That is why we always say Christ is the expression of God, sent to make an
1: impression in man. That a man be- should become an expression of God upon the earth. You cannot become an expression if you have not been properly imprinted upon. He imprints his word. He imprints Christ upon our hearts that we may become the expression of his impression upon the earth. That is the summary of what we are going to talk about today. Are we tracking? Is this making sense, people? Are we understanding?
0: you're there, see your uh huh- uh-huh. you're getting it, see uh- uh-huh. So let's go to scripture. I would like to start with Genesis 1, 26.
1: I'll read in the Amplified Classic. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I'll read it in AMPC. God said, Let us Father, Son, and Holy Spirit make mankind in our image after our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So, let me repeat that. God said, let us, us meaning Father, Son, and Spirit. So, everybody, every function of god was involved god father god son god spirit ice water vapor whichever one you want to describe it ice water vapor still ice there are different kinds of human beings with human beings with different names but they are all still human beings they are still one under one category human beings there's only one category of god and all three of them are all the same people father son and spirit break it down there's ice there's water there's vapor it's still the same element ice water it's still one one element. Have we all tracked So let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the fullness of us, let us make mankind, so the kind of man, in our image, after our likeness. So not only do we look like him, image, after our likeness, we have his nature, we act like him. In his image, likeness, so once someone is, he jumped like a lion. He jumped like, you know, he jumped like a, what is it? He jumped like a deer or leaped like a deer. Like. That's how they said uh, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. Like. It's not a dove. There's a like there. Anyway. Another topic. Like. Which means there's a similarity. After our likeness. When someone has a likeness of someone, there's a similarity in character when you see them. Image. After our likeness. So he called us to be after his likeness. So not only do we look like him, we are acting, we are operating like him. So, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, okay? And over the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all the, the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. We're giving image, we're giving likeness, we're giving a complete and absolute authority. We're given the image. We're given the likeness. We're given complete authority. Let's go to
0: Genesis 2. I'm reading Genesis 2. I'm going to start from... Let me see. Let me start from
1: 7 to 9. I read 7 to 9, 17 and 25. Genesis 2. I'm I'm going somewhere. So I want us to see how man was perfectly made. Now we're going to Genesis 2. From verse 7 it says, Then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath or the spirit of life, and man became a living being. So what he breathed into man was not oxygen, because all animals were living with with oxygen, and none of them were breathed into. So what man received was not oxygen. Job says there is a spirit of God, there's a breath of God in man, and that spirit gives him understanding. So that means. There is a spirit, there is a breath of God in man, and that spirit. So, the breath is the spirit. As I, love, I love how Amplify says, says here, He breathes into His nostrils the breath or the spirit of life. Ezekiel can this dry bones rise, right? talk to the wind, and then the breath caused the winds to move. So, the breath is the spirit of God. Now, when we examine, I believe it's Ezekiel 11, when it talks about what the spirit of God brings, when the spirit of God is in you, it says it brings wisdom. Knowledge, understanding, godly counsel, reverence for the Lord, might, strength. So when you have the breath of God in you, to operate in the image and likeness of God, you need to have wisdom, knowledge, understanding, godly counsel, strength, and might. So Adam and Eve, for you to have the wisdom of God, that means you know all things. So, sorry, hold on, because I mean, let me, let me, let me re- rewind for that. Rewind back a bit. Knowledge without understanding is data. Knowledge without understanding is data. Knowledge with understanding is information. Knowledge applied, knowledge and understanding applied properly is wisdom. Let me repeat that. Knowledge on its own is data. Knowledge with understanding is information. Knowledge and understanding applied properly is what we call wisdom. So that means the Spirit of the Lord does not just give you knowledge. does not just give you understanding. It also gives you wisdom. So not only did they know, not only did they understand, they also knew how to properly utilize all things. So they had the wisdom, they had the knowledge, they had the understanding. They also had godly counsel because by the Spirit of the Lord in you, he tells you what to do as God will have it done. So they had godly counsel. Note 2. Let's, let's get it clear. They had the image of God. They looked like God. They had the likeness of God. They operated like God. They had godly counsel. So by the, so they had the fullness of everything. God withheld nothing
0: from Adam and Eve. Are we understanding people? Is this making sense?
1: So let's go to from 8. And the Lord... God, I'm reading Genesis 2:8. I'm reading amplified classic. And the Lord planted a garden towards the east in Eden. And there he put a man, put the man whom he had formed, framed, and constituted. And out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. So all trees were pleasant to the sight. Let me repeat that. Because we know we saw Eve said it looked good and pleasant to the sight. But it says here. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight or to be desired good, understand? So every tree that was made was pleasant to the sight and desired good. Are we tracking? Suitable and pleasant for food. Every tree that was there. So he withheld no, no part of him no part of his image, no part of his likeness, no part of his authority, no part of his wisdom, no part of his knowledge, no part of his understanding, and no good thing did he withhold from them. Are we seeing? Are we seeing, people? Are we understanding? And out of the ground, the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight or to be desired good, suitable, pleasant for food. The tree of life, also in the center of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity okay so in the center of the garden there were two trees as we are seeing here the tree of life and the tree of good and evil in the center of the garden amongst all the good things that they were received all the trees were pleasant to the sight. all the trees were we desired good all the trees as were suitable and pleasant for food also did not see this is bible so they had the image they had likeness. They had wisdom. They had knowledge. They had understanding. They had everything good, everything pleasant. And there, there were two trees in the center. The tree of life. And the tree of good and evil. They already had the wisdom of the spirit, which means they already knew what was good and what was evil. Because if you have godly counsel, you already know what is good and what is evil. It's not further math, It's not Admat. Um, math. Simple, simple matter. simple. If you have the wisdom of the spirit because you received the breath of God and these are the things that come with the wisdom of the spirit, you already had all these things. So no good thing was withheld from them. Nothing was withheld from them. Let's go to 17. Same thing we are. same Genesis 2. Let's go from 17. Actually, let me go back. Let me go from 16. Uh, sorry, 15, 15. Genesis two fifteen, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the in the garden of Eden to tend and guard and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat out of every tree in the garden. Okay, everything is pleasant. We just came from um, the, from nine, right? Every tree was pleasant. Every tree was suitable. Every tree was good to eat. He said, he told them, pleasant, suitable, good to eat. All the trees were that. Even in the center, of the, if, if you did not want all of them and you wanted to walk to the center, at the center of, it, of the garden, there were two trees. You could have even eaten the tree of life. You had that opportunity. 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and blessing and calamity, you shall not eat. For on the day that
0: you eat of it, you shall surely die. He was not going to kill them. But it meant
1: that they will be separate from him. Because now they know a good and evil outside of his wisdom. They know blessing and calamity outside of his protection. It was not him killing them. It was them choosing another God outside him. Because whoever you listen to before God is, God, is your God. Whatever you submit to before you hear God is God over God. And there can be no God over God. He will separate himself. He will have no other God before him. Before means coming before. Before means at the same in his presence. Whoever you listen to before God is God over you. Whoever you hear, whoever you submit to is your pastor. Is God over God. Whatever, whoever, wherever that you are listening to before you listen to God. You have made God over God. Are we tracking you? That's in your life, not in reality. So, I want to note something in 25, Genesis 2, 25. It says, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not embarrassed or ashamed in each other's presence. So, when God finished giving them all these things, he gave, remember as we are saying, he gave them his image. He gave them his image to look like him. His likeness to operate like him. His authority to operate in the fullness of him. He also gave them everything good and pleasurable to eat. So, and all he asked them to do was tend all that was good and pleasurable that has been offered unto them. So he also gave them his breath, which is his spirit. So they had the wisdom of God. They had the knowledge of God, the understanding of God the strength of God, the godly counsel of God, everything the spirit comes with, they had. So they knew good from evil from the beginning. And everything that was pleasant to them was already offered. And let's go to Genesis 3. Let's see what the devil says about the situation. Let's see what the devil has to say. Genesis 3, 1, I'm reading from Amplified. If you're there, see your, huh uh-huh. Now the serpent was more crafty, subtle, skilled in deceit. Understand? Law of first mention. The first time someone or something is mentioned in the Bible, you understand how it is utilized. So what we see here is the the core and total and continuous identity of the devil. The devil is not powerful. He's deceptive. I repeat what we started with. His aim is to malign the character of God causing you to see God from a way that causes you to believe he's withholding something from you he's separating you from something good and he he he's, he's causing you to not to receive something that rightly belongs to you withholding something from you separating something good you from something good and withholding something that rightly belongs to you because if you can think these three things of God or any of these three, what happens? Discontentment enters. And when there's discontentment, you see nothing but your right. You see nothing but what you should belong to you. You see nothing else but your hurt and your offense to God. And you you begin to forget what God has said about you, what God has done for you, what God has given. And you start hearing what the devil is saying. The sad truth is, Once you walk in discontentment, you start also hearing, you stop hearing what your father says about you, and you start hearing what the enemy says about you. You become your own harshest judge, jury, and executioner. You become your own abuser. You, You become the one beating yourself down. You are never able to offer mercy to yourself because mercy is no longer a language you are walking in. You're no longer able to offer love to yourself because love has now become a foreign description to you because love is not a feeling. Love is a person. And the separation of your identity from that person makes your identity the identity of the world. And the world cannot give you love.
0: So the strength of the devil is in the depth of the ignorance of the believer. He is not powerful. he's deceptive.
1: Back to what we are saying. Now the serpent was more, more crafty, subtle, skilled in the than any living creature of the field the Lord God had made. And the serpent Satan said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Ah, when did God say any tree? Any tree. He did not say that now. Where we were coming from. He said, He has given them all trees, all good things. We just read in Genesis 2 that he created all, all he gave to them all trees that were good, pleasant, desirable. Three things: good pleasant, desirable to be eaten. So he gave them all. He even gave them the tree of life in the center of the garden. It's only one tree. So what he did, the way he framed the sentence, was he made it seem like there was something that was being withheld from them. Making them feel that they are not the beloved of God. That is the root. Making them feel like they are not the beloved of God. Because we are not just sons of God. We are beloved sons of God. Love is part of the identity offered by God to the believer. If he is loved, like a light be, love be, be loved. It's a proclamation of his identity upon us. The I am is casting his nature upon us. Is imprinting the fullness of himself upon our hearts. So be loved. So we are not just sons. We are beloved sons. We are not just sons. We are favorite sons in whom he is well pleased by the pleasure of Christ in us. So if we begin to feel like something is being withheld from us, we start to lose sight on who, that, on who God is. Because if he can defame his character, he can, def- he can shift us, he can tilt us from moving with him. Because two cannot work together unless they agree. And if we don't agree with the character of God, we begin to feel like we can walk or walk outside of God to get something. But whatever you go out of God to get, you have to stay out of God to keep. Are we tracking? Whatever you go out of God to get, everyone that tried to help God ended up bringing curses, ended up bringing a seed of curse into the the equation of promise. Anyone who tried to help God in the Bible Ended up bringing a seed, of course, into the equation of promise. Check your Bible. Let's keep going. And the serpent, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the, from the tree, which is in the middle of the garden. Bros, people, sisters and brothers, my dearest brethren, do we not just see that there are two trees in the middle of the garden. Why is the focus on that one? You see, he made the, state, the statement he started with, made it seem like there was so much withheld from them. And so Eve fell or went along with that description, seeing only what she could not have, not what she could have. She could have been we have all the fruits
0: and we don't have to eat that. But all she was reminded of is
1: what she couldn't have because you cannot be tempted beyond that which you desire.
0: So the depth of the desire is the strength of the temptation. Are we understanding people? The depth of the desire is the strength of the temptation.
1: God said, you shall not eat from it or nor touch it. Otherwise, you will die. When did God say that? Misunderstanding of the word is a room for temptation. Because it's in your ignorance. It's in your ignorance that the enemy starts, starts to manipulate. He gives enough semblance of truth to convince you. But enough fullness of lies to confuse you. That's why the spirit says he's not an author of confusion. Wherever you are confused in the word, check it. Something is not from God. But the serpent said to the woman, You will you will certainly not die. For God knows that on the day that you eat it, your eyes will be open. That is, you will have greater awareness. They did not already have greater awareness. They did not have this fullness of the spirit in him, in them, and you will be like God. Were they not already like God? But they were made in his image after the like. So the devil cannot sell you what you already aren't. He cannot give you for people that like to you know. I, I've met people that will, oh, let us make sacrifices so that um, um kill this person, kill a goat, kill a ram, kill a person so that you, you can make blood money. The devil cannot give you what is already what's not already in your book. The difference is that now you someone is you are paying the price. Either you pay the price of your life, pay the price of someone that you love, pay the price. And you will still pay the price of something being withheld from you in your life. Oh, for some, some they cannot sleep. um, They have to sleep in the graveyard or they cannot have sex. There's always something weird that they have to do in in order to get. But Christ has paid it all so that you can enjoy ease in life. The devil cannot give you something that is not already yours. The devil, because who does a thing or who says a thing and it comes to pass unless God allows it? Which means, unless something has been allowed, inscribed, and planned by God for you, he cannot be given to you. He cannot give you wealth unless wealth was in your destiny. He cannot give you cars unless cars was in your destiny. He cannot give you promotion unless promotion was in your destiny. So, whatever he's lying to you about, that you have to go out of God to get, is something that was already in God's will for you in time. So the aim, the aim he has is to make God seem evil to you, wicked to you.
0: If he can tarnish the image of love, he can tarnish the person that gives you the love. If he can tarnish the image of love, he can taint the character of the person's love to you.
1: Because how you receive love depends on who the person is. If you can accept the person who's given the love to you, we're tracking people. And when the woman... So, so now, after he has said, he said that you will have greater awareness. You will like, be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, was the tree not... Were all the trees not good for food? Were all the trees that were created not pleasant? desirable and suitable for food why was this all of a sudden this one he said and delightful to look at all of them were pleasurable delight desirable and suitable for food so not just that tree all were but the aim of the enemy is to give you his word so that you begin to doubt the word of god and the temptations of the reality of reality start to seem more inviting and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and was delightful to look at and the tree to be desired in order to make one wise and insightful wise and insightful when you have received the breath of God which is the spirit that gives you wisdom knowledge understanding so now your humanity something that you will eat not someone that you have received will make you wise She took some of his fruit and ate it. And she also gave to her husband with her. And he ate. People, stop blaming women. Just so you know. Her husband with her. So Adam was there when everything was happening. If anything, he was the manipulative person in the situation. Because he he watched his wife eat before he ate. So that since she did not die, he could also... Come on. Let's keep going. Do we understand that? When the character of God was maligned, They believed that there's something they had to do to receive something great from the world. But God had already done it so that they can receive it in rest. The lie of the enemy is to bring the believer to a place of physical effort. Sacrificial effort. Where God has sacrificed, man now comes and sacrifices to earn. Where God has paid man now comes to now pay the price to receive. Where God has worked, man now comes and believes they have to work to receive. The lie of the enemy, because if he can make you believe that lie, he puts you on a treadmill
0: to receive all the things that God has freely given. And in that position, in that
1: mental space, where you have to keep working to earn or receive God, what happens to you? We go to 25. Remember, we read that they were naked and unashamed. Look at 25. It says, No, so 8 to 10, not 25. Let me not go that far. Let me just do 8 to 10. 8 to 10 now says. And when they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the afternoon breeze of the day, so the man and his wife hid and kept themselves hidden from the presence of the Lord. The same Lord that you have been walking with, the same Lord that you hung out with every almost every evening. The same Lord, now you are hiding from his presence. They hid from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Was he not, he said, The husband and his wife were naked and unashamed. The introduction of the temptation of the enemy Is bringing the believer to eventual shame. where you begin to forget that your image is the image of God, your likeness is the likeness of God, your authority is the authority of God, if you can doubt your identity, you separate you, not him, you will personally separate yourself from the reality that God has provided for you. I repeat, it seems like in the mind of of people, not even Christians, the mind of people, The person that God was on the judgment seat where people were judging God's character and the accuser was helping them. So what now happened? How did God solve the matter? Since his word was what was judged, the word became flesh. Since his image was what was in in question, since his representation was in question, the image of God The likeness of God, he is the image of God, according to Hebrews. And also according to Colossians 1, Hebrews 1. The image of God, the likeness of God, became flesh and dwelt among us, so that the expression of God may be properly made to man and create an impression in him. Christ came down so that he, as a beloved son, may bring us to a place of understanding that we are beloved by God. For the sake of time, I'll just, I'll just express a few things to us. I'll not, I'll, I know we don't have enough time to go through all scripture by scripture because I had a lot of scripture for today. I'm going to say this. When Jesus was being baptized, I mean, I think my brother shared this this weekend, and that struck me. I was like, that's a very major, that's a major point. And if God is saying it in this season, I should repeat it also. When Jesus was being baptized, the word from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased listen to him this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased listen to him and the bible says now the spirit of the lord sent him into the desert to into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil so the spirit led him to the wilderness and in the wilderness when the enemy came he says if you are really the son of god turn stones to bread he withdrew the beloved He withdrew the beloved part and made him a common. He took him back to Adam. If you read the genealogy of God, of Jesus in Luke, when he goes back up from Jesus up to Adam and when he describes Adam, it ends in Adam, son of God. So, are you Adam? If you are truly Adam, no, 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 he's not Adam. He's someone that understands that he's a beloved son. You all are beloved sons of God. What the enemy does is make you focus on your reality. Not understanding that it was never your reality. It was never your strength that brought you to where you are. Peter on the water. You are walking on water. You are walking on water in a storm. You are walking on water in a storm that your boat could not move in. Your boat was almost sinking in. And you now think that it's it's by understanding or monitoring your surroundings that Come on, man, Peter. But we cannot blame Peter. We do the same thing. When situations get tough, we start looking within, looking at our humanity. You do not get here of your own strength. The deceiver's aim is to cause you to focus on yourself, your power, your weaknesses, your flaws, every mistake that you have made in the past, everything that makes you, everything that is a flaw to you. But God is saying to you, you are a beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Not because you please me, but you are conformed into the image of the son. So every time he sees you, he sees Christ. He sees the image. And by the spirit of God in you, you have the likeness of the father. So he doesn't just see you. He sees his character through the spirit in you. So you are not in contention. You are not in discussion. You are pleasing him. is not in discussion. Christ pleased him for you. So it's not your reality. You did not get yourself there. It is not your efforts that brought you there. Don't let the enemy reduce you to focusing on the on what is on the works of your hand because you are not the works of your hand. You are a workmanship of God's hands. So let he whom you are the workmanship be in charge of finishing the work. And since the finished work always finishes work, enjoy the testimony of the work being finished for you. This is why the work of the believer, according to John 6, is to believe. Believe that you are loved. Believe that you are, God has made you worthy in God. Because God greatly loved. John through 16, for God so loved and dearly prized. So, if he, if he prized you, he deemed you worthy and deemed you worth God. The accuser can no longer tell you that you are unworthy. Because God deemed you worthy. The accuser can no longer define you by your previous mistake. Because he said, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. The steadfast love was new every morning. Not in New Testament, people. Not in New Testament. Before Christ died, they said his steadfast love was his mercies are new every morning. Hold on. So, if his mercies were new every morning, even in the Old Testament, what do we think applies in in the New Testament? So you are recycling each day with the mistakes of yesterday. Becoming chains for you in the moment. Preventing you from moving forward. You become your own judge. You become your own jury. You become your own executioner. And the Lord is telling you, you are a beloved son. You are his workmanship. He makes ways where there seems to be no way. The word has come down. The word is is your witness. The word himself has become flesh. The word dwells in you. The word speaks for you. It's the word is also the blood. We overcome by the blood of the lamb, which is Kai, the andes Kai, which is, we overcome by the blood of the lamb, which is the word of our testimony. So, whatever the blood does not speak about you, don't speak it over yourself. Whatever the blood does not speak about you, don't speak it over yourself. The blood says you are saved, sanctified, set apart for good works. Wake up each day. Arise each moment. Understanding that in day, as long as you are in day himself, as long as each new day arises, you have received a new mercy. You have received a new light. You have been washed clean eternally once for all sin, for all time, for all men. Walk in the fullness of Christ. Walk in the fullness of I am. Walk assured of his presence. Ensured in his love. Walk. Understand that you can no longer be your judge because the judge himself has declared you not guilty. You can no longer be your jury because all the people, the judge looks like the advocate. The advocate looks like you. And since all of you look like each other,
0: who is the jury going to point out? God finished work. That you may rest in his finished work. You
1: are a beloved son, not just a son. You are a favorite son. They failed there. You won't fail there. You failed there before. You have a new identity. You are coming into the reality of understanding of who you are. Stand up and walk. Get up and rise. Walk. Understanding that the witness witness is standing in for you. And the judge has declared you worthy. The judge has declared you faithful. Because he is faithful. And if you are in his image, whatever he is, you are. Love is your testimony. And since the spirit of excellence, the one who finishes all is in you, you will finish, and you will finish strong. This is the witness of the word. This is the testimony of the blood. So don't, Hebrews 1, three says, we are cleansed not just of sin, but of the guilt that comes with it. You are free. For freedom has to set you free. Get up and walk. Get up and be a beloved son. Get up and take authority in every space that you are in. Get up and walk in the fullness of the I am. Get up and walk in the authority of everything that God has called you to. Be son. Be saved. Be loved. Thank you. Amen. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for we know that we are favorite sons of God. Thank you for we are encouraged in the life of Christ. Thank you that we are strengthened in everything that you are. Thank you for we know that the lie of of the enemy we shall no longer believe that every stronghold of thought is taken down for the word of God that we shall only hear the voice of the good shepherd no longer any lie of the enemy we silence every voice of the the deceiver we know the truth and the truth has made us free we know the truth and we walk in his identity in every space that we are in we know the truth and we rest in the fullness of him thank you for we have received victory Thank you for we have overcome. Thank you for life has come and joy has come for us who believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. I hope you enjoyed the session. I hope this blessed you. Remember, go forth as a beloved, favorite son of God. Strengthened, covered, protected in your Father. Amen. Love and appreciate you all. Have a blessed day. Oh, and and the pastor from Tanzania. It's good to have you on. I hope you enjoy this time also.
0: Love and appreciate you all. See you all next Wednesday.